Forex Fridays, only on Money FM 89.3. Again, and on Forex Friday today, we are going to recap the memorable week that was for Forex markets. And uh, this week, we are about a week away from the Federal Reserve's much-anticipated meeting this Thursday, where many are expecting to make an outsized 50 basis point rate hike. And it seems that a lot of this uh, flight to safety and risk-off sentiment is also favoring the greenback and U.S. Treasuries. Is this all systems go for the greenback? And how, what do we make of even more hawkish pronouncements from the likes of the ECB and also the recent weakness for the Chinese yuan? A lot to really parse through. And today on Forex Fridays, we are pleased to be joined by Mr. Peter Chia, the senior FX strategist at UOB who joins us live on the phone to help us assess the month that was and what could be an equally busy month ahead. Peter, thank you so much for joining us. As always, good afternoon. I hope you're doing well this Friday afternoon. Have good plans for the long weekend, sir. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah. All right. So, Peter, thank you so much for joining us. And, you know, last month, when we, uh, the last time we spoke, we talked about it possibly being all systems go for the U.S. dollar. It seems to be a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy because uh, with an outsized rate hike also on the table, we could see a tightening of the balance sheet. Now, in the last four weeks, we've seen the dollar index trade above 100, um, uh, above that 100 level. Is the dollar index above 100 going to be perhaps the new normal for at least the next couple of months while markets get used to this hawkish Fed? Help us understand the relation between that and how it might actually benefit or not benefit the greenback. Your thoughts, sir? Yeah, I think it is, uh, like what you said, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. The drivers that uh, supported the dollar for the last couple of months got stronger in April. And uh, if you can remember, earlier in the month, markets were entertaining uh, 25 basis points uh, or even 50 basis points in May. But what has really changed across the month is that not only are we fully priced in for a 50 basis point move next week, uh, market is also entertaining that it's going to be 50 uh, basis point of rate hike every meeting until September. There's four meetings. So by September, uh, interest rates in the U.S. will be well above 2%. So this is something that really double-charged the dollar in the last uh, couple of weeks or so, uh, or rather for the most part of April. And the other reason for... Uh, the dollar going so strong is, uh, if you can remember, uh, one one of the role of the dollar is the safe haven currency. So across the line, we've seen quite a fair bit of the concerns. Uh, I mean, the, the geopolitical concerns of Russia, Ukraine is always there. And it seems to be entering a third month. And not only that, we also have some concerns about uh, from China because of the expanding lockdowns over there. So... Uh, all of that is also supporting the dollar to a certain extent. So that's the reason, yeah, I think we're going to be above 100 for a while longer. Mm-hmm. Indeed, 100 a while longer. But I do want to take a look at another uh, currency that figures predominantly in the basket of currencies that, tra- that uh, the U.S. dollar is tracked against, one of its major peers and the euro. And speaking of hawks, we seldom talk about the euro here, Peter, but ECB officials, I can count about three off the top of my head in recent weeks, sounding rather hawkish. They've also hinted at an end to the negative rate regime that's persisted for over a decade in the eurozone. So on the one hand, it could support the euro. But on the other hand, there is concern that we could even see a recession in Europe linked to the Russia-Ukraine war and some of the energy insecurities out there. 
Your thoughts and outlook when we're balancing these two particular factors in assessing where the euro might head. And just to give our listeners a bit of context here, the euro, at least today, is strengthening against the greenback at about $1.05. But um, can this hold or will this be uh, will it be a flimsy next couple of months while the euro tries to sort itself out? Right. So uh, if you compare the European Central Bank, uh, the potential of rate hikes from, from uh, ECB versus that of the Fed, I think the, the, the short answer is not as clear cut. Both are facing the same inflation problem, but what Europe has uh, that complicates the matter is the war that's happening next door. So there's, uh, I mean, policymakers over there have to balance off with the, the I mean, if you look at the spillover the effects of the war, that will be definitely, they are at the front of the whole war. So when you talk about economic fallout, uh, you, you've seen a lot of headlines around like the energy crisis over there that, uh, I mean, Russia can easily just close the tap for natural gas over there. So there's potentially a lot of growth uh, spillovers coming from the war that really complicates or rather make the ECB think twice about uh, going the east uh, going the way of Fed to really just hike high rates and just keep hiking. So I, I think uh, that's the reason why the, where, while some of the ECB officials have been a little bit hawkish, but there is no consensus around all the different countries in, in the Euro bloc. So I think we are a bit further away from really high, hiking rates. And uh, I think at best, we're going to probably have one rate hike uh, in the third quarter Soonest, mm-hmm. uh, if not a fourth quarter, and uh, I mean, if you have one rate high of twenty-five basis point, that's not, uh, that really is pale in concern compared to the uh, two hundred over basis point of rate high that's been priced in for for the Federal Reserve. So, uh, US dollar is straightforward a winner over here. If you look mm-hmm. at the currency pair, so we're gonna the Euro US pair is gonna stay pressure below one ten for for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the, the momentum really looks like it's gonna test lower rather than rebound higher. Interesting. So uh, I think it's, it's, it's going to be, our, our, we have updated our forecast, so our year-end target is 1.03. 1.03 actually for the euro against the greenback. That's the yeah. latest forecast for the folks at UOB. We're still speaking to Peter Chia, the senior FX strategist at UFB, or UOB here on Forex Fridays. Now, Peter, let's bring it home, actually, because it's been a rather busy month for a number of currencies, including the Singapore dollar, and I'm sure you took note of that one-two punch by the MAS, and also those very stark uh, CPI figures that were released earlier this uh, week when we saw inflation here reach its highest levels in about a decade. How is this shaping your outlook now on the local currency? So, uh, just to recap, uh, the MAS has the have been fairly aggressive in tightening via the exchange rate uh, policy. So in uh, in the span of a couple of months, in October, January, and uh, April, the MAS has already tightened policy tw- uh, three times. So in, uh, effectively, we are back to policy pre-COVID where uh, the MAS allows the Sing dollar to appreciate over the longer term at a very steady, we estimate around 1.5% kind of uh, per annum appreciation. So what this will do to the Sing dollar is it will cushion or rather uh, it will fan off some of the imported inflation into Singapore. So, I mean, we are facing the same problem as the rest of the world. We are having inflation, uh, like what you correctly said, 10-year high in terms of uh, CPI. 
So uh, a stronger currency helps to cushion that. Uh, and I think the bias for the MAS going forward is to continue to 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 possibly keep the strength of the sing dollar there uh, to, to, to really uh, stem off the inflation. But what, uh, what, what it really does to the U.S. dollar thing pair is that right now what we are seeing is that, that there is a very strong U.S. dollar. So uh, what the MAS is doing is unlikely, in our view, to really change the U.S. dollar thing uptrend. So what we are going to see is uh, the U.S. thing is going to continue to grind higher but the keyword is grind higher, meaning the sing dollar will weaken, but at a very gradual pace because of uh, of, of the of, uh, of the tightening policy that MAS is doing. So end of the year, we are looking at about one one forty for the dollar sing versus current rate about one thirty. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter, here's a, I have a very interesting question to ask you, and this is because uh, this uh, news item actually caught my eye earlier this week, where we saw a lot of Singaporeans queuing actually to exchange and buy Malaysian ringgit. In fact, there's been a bit of a stark weakness for the Malaysian ringgit or the currency north of the causeway. <laughs> but last month, we there was expectations that this currency was expected to benefit from the commodity price surge. In fact, we've seen it weakened to about four uh, four ringgit and thirty five cent to the U.S. dollar. Peter, the simple question, what happened to the ringgit despite these high lofty expectations for it? Right. So uh, for the most part of this year, when crude oil prices was going higher, uh, Malaysia benefited from it or the ringgit benefited from it because on the context of a very strong dollar, because of strong, also strong energy prices, that helped to support a cushion the ringgit against the strong dollar. So if you can see, if you can remember, the dollar ringgit was fairly stable. Right. While the rest of the Asian currencies were gradually dropping. So in a way, ringgit was uh, did not join in the depreciation party of the Asian effect until April. So what really happened in April, I'll say that it's a function of two factors. The first thing that really spurred off this rather sharp uh, depreciation of the ringgit uh, of, I think we are, month to date we are looking at about 4% uh, move in just one month. So that is sharp. So first factor is at the same time, uh, the Chinese yuan, uh, renminbi has also started to weaken. So, and it, it sort of triggered that, okay, uh, the, 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 the stabilizer of Asia is also weakening. So the rest of Asia that hasn't really moved will, will, will start to move. So that is one. So ringgit follows the renminbi. Uh, to weaken in this month. The second thing is, I think, coincidentally, we've also seen that energy prices were on a pullback, on a very gradual pullback. Right? Energy prices, uh, crude oil prices, dropped, briefly dropped below $100. So mm-hmm. that could be another headwind for the ringgit. But all in all, if you look at uh, the year-to-date performance of the ringgit, it, it, most of the year-to-date losses happened this month. Like the out of the 4.3%, year to date the losses four percent happened this month. So uh, mm. and this is I mean just to give you some context, uh, ringgit is not the worst performing currency of Asia right now. So they are weaker currencies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that that's that's just in some context. 
All right. A lot there explained. Now, very quickly, Peter, since you did touch on the Chinese yuan's weakness playing a part in the ringgit's recent softening, um, give us your thoughts on the Chinese yuan, especially uh, given the lockdowns in the mainland that have now raised even more questions about the economic outlook for, 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 the Chinese, uh, for, for China. Um, six spot 59 against the U.S. dollar at the moment. What are your, what's your read and outlook now, Peter? Yes, I think uh, the, we, we have been uh, expecting this, uh, this, uh, uh, the Chinese one to weaken for the longest time. I think, I think uh, since the start of the year when uh, fundamentals starting to drop, we, we've been talking about that. But uh, this moment finally comes. The Chinese one has, has been always been a little bit expensive relative to the fundamentals. So what really triggered the, 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 the big week, the, the big normalization of the, the Chinese one is probably because of the Shanghai lockdown. And uh, more recently, I think there are some speculation that Beijing may follow suit. So that is the, probably the trigger that causes the yuan to, to go nearer to its fundamentals. So um, this is not a big surprise, but the pace of the move is a big surprise, given that we have been very stable for the last one and a half years or so. so. But of course, authorities in China are trying to, to make sure that this is not a one-way traffic. I mean, uh, it's good to normalize back to where the currency should be trading. But uh, I mean, getting that fast, uh, getting there that quickly is, is not something that they also want. So uh, I think in the next couple of weeks or so, I think they will try to uh, to, to bring in some order, make sure, make sure it's a little bit more two-way flow. But Overall, we are still expecting the Chinese yuan to gradually weaken. I think the key word is to gradually weaken. The yuan target is about 670, so currently about 660, uh, but do note that there's a lot of volatility, so we may temporarily overshoot our yuan target before coming over. My Peter Chia, Senior FX Strategist at UOB, thank you so much for joining us today on Forex Fridays here on Money FM 89.3. As always, I wish you and your love to keep your health and safety during these uh, uncertain times. And we look forward to next time you can join us on the show. Meanwhile, Peter, I hope you have a great, long, ultra-long weekend ahead planned for yourself. Stay safe, sir. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.